episode of Uneasy covers the smiley face killer conspiracy, why some believe the killer or killers are back, and the research that seemingly debunks the entire theory. Federal law enforcement believe that this is nothing more than irresponsible young men, but could someone or something more sinister be at play? This episode contains discussion of murder and self-harm. Welcome to An Easy, a podcast hosted by Lexi and Cecilia. This podcast is a collection of research based on haunting and mysterious events that will leave you feeling genuinely uneasy. Discretion is advised. Within the last year, a new string of deaths within the U.S. has prompted your everyday internet detectives to reignite the smiley face killer conspiracy, as they believe that accidental drownings across the nation of young men could all be connected by either one or a string of serial killers. Police have stated many times that this theory is not true and that ultimately it just hinders investigations um, that match the criteria of the theory and it makes it really hard for families of the victims to grieve properly. In Chicago alone in the past year, in 2022, there were 11 bodies found in the Chicago River and Lake Michigan. In April 2023, a body found along Lake Michigan was identified as a a missing Navy sailor, 21-year-old Seamus Gray. In mid-April 2023, the body of 46-year-old Richard Garcia was found in the Chicago River. In early March, the body of 41-year-old Daniel Elkington was discovered in the Rock River in Illinois. But Chicago is not the only place that this is occurring. In Austin, Texas, since February 2023, there have been four bodies pulled from Lady Bird Lake. All four men were around the same age, prompting many to wonder whether they were targeted victims instead of just unlucky people who had been drinking too much and drowned in the lake. There has been outcry from family, friends, strangers, saying that there was no way that their loved ones had just drowned, causing many to think that there is some sort of roofie killer on the loose, but Austin police have stated that there was no foul play in any of these instances. None of these deaths in either Chicago or Austin in the past year have been found to be related to foul play, but others think that there is a connection to the infamous theory of the smiley face killer. For over 20 years, young 20 to 30 age men have been going missing and turning up dead, all of which have been found in local waterways of apparent drowning. In 1997, retired NYPD detectives Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte joined forces with criminal justice professor and gang expert Lee Gilberton. Detective Gannon was assigned to the case of Patrick McNeil, who had been missing for 50 days, and eventually his body was found 12 miles from where he was last seen. Gannon concluded that foul play was involved, yet he was taken off of the case and the death was ruled accidental. Kevin promised Patrick's family that he would find justice in Patrick's death, and that's exactly what he's been doing since then. I feel like that's, like, one thing that you can't do as a police officer because you never know how, like, a case is going to go. Like, you... That's, like, taught during the first day of, like, police academy. And this this was after he was taken off the case, which I think this is kind of important to note, that he now has this emotional connection to this case. Um... Patrick was found 
um, and ruled as an accidental drowning. Um, so that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, but I think that he now has kind of an emotional connection to this case because he's promising this devastated family that he's going to get justice for their son. And that's even like a number one rule in medicine. Like you never promise anything. Yeah. And like promising the family that he would like do it, like that's an emotional connection. But also like maybe he's all internally, he might not realize it, but he's trying to prove to NYPD that like taking me off this case is like the wrong thing to do. And I will prove to you that there is like something else out there. Gannon has since retired, but the three have proposed a theory that is still around today after three college-aged men were found in city rivers all at the same time, seemingly having the same type of tragic death. These three went on to study the deaths in the U.S. where young men were found in bodies of water between 1990 and the early 2010 with a listed cause of death being accidental drowning. They believe that this is the work of one serial killer or a group of serial killers containing the same MO. When a corpse is found in a body of water, authorities generally presume that the manner of death is not foul play. So they'll think it's either an accident or suicide. So because of that, they don't treat the recovery site as if it's a crime scene. So That just contaminates an entire bed of evidence, and that's something that Gannon was really looking into. In some of the cases that the group looked at, the bodies were pulled from the water were not consistent with drowning at all as they had a lack of water within their lungs, which there should be water in your lungs if you drown. Um, So that was something that they're really looking into. Gannon also looks at the fact that GHB, also known as Rufi or the date rape drug, was found in the victim's bodies. So as of February 2023, Gannon reported that there were over 681 cases in their database that they believe to be connected and have the same MO and be connected to this smiley face killer conspiracy. That's so many people. No, yeah, if... If there are truly 681 cases, that is the most prolific serial killer in our time that we know of. And that would be such, like, if it's a gang of people, I feel like that's more realistic. But that would have to be such a big network of people. And it would be equally as impressive that this gang was able to keep themselves a secret. Like, not one person. Yeah, exactly. Like, came forward. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder if it's a group of people. Like, just think... When I think about if if this truly is a thing and you think about it in the sense of it's a group of people, one, they're spread out everywhere. So even like if one person slips up, then that could get the entire group caught. But two, just think of like other groups that we have today that may like be forming on um, online chat rooms and things like that. Like they want, they are almost hard to hide because people always expose them or the internet expose like yeah. it's really hard to hide yourself and communicate in a way where nobody will find out about you um like this like the smiley face killers they're not known this is solely conspiracy so right. to be that in the shadows that's crazy and potentially yeah. have committed 600 almost 700 
murders. Right. And as of 2008, this was when the group shifted to believing that this was the work of many. And Gannon stated that this was a well-structured, organized group with cells in major cities around the United States. Much like, think, it makes me actually think of like um, extremist groups or like domestic terrorist groups within the U.S. or other countries. That's the way that he's describing them in functioning, that they have cells much like you would have one leader for, say, New York City and another for Chicago, another for Austin, Texas, and they they all communicate and then communicate with their cell members. But, like, even with, like, what terrorist groups, like, we know that that group exists. How do these right. networks communicate and, like, join? And we have absolutely no trace. Yeah. Like, you're telling me if this was a thing, the FBI would be all over it. And let me tell you, the FBI themselves debunked this in 2008. And we'll get there. But like, I'm just saying that they would be all over this and it's just not a thing. So that's just something to keep in mind that if this was truly a gang-oriented type of cell-organized group, this would be the most successful group in history, basically, to be able to go under the radar. The motive of said group remains unknown. He has added that there is a ritualistic aspect to these killings, that there is an element of hate, and they are equal opportunity killers, and they hate almost anybody. They reported in 2008 to CNN that they believed that the men who came up missing were drugged and abducted from bars and possibly even tortured physically and or mentally before being killed, and that most of the men were popular, athletic, and did well in schools. And this is the typical thing that we hear from most victims in these senseless crimes that we talk about. But I do want to point out that profile is exactly who is going missing in Chicago and Austin today. So that is what's linking people back to this conspiracy that the smiley face killers are on the loose. For the first person that came missing that started this trio of searching for these killers you did say that he was missing for like 50 some days so it does make you wonder like what was going on those 50 some days right was he tortured like mentally or physically and like how did he get to that waterway and not like if he was in the waterway the whole time how did he not appear prior to 50 right. some days later yeah and keep in mind there's over 680 cases that Gannon and his group are looking at and saying these could all be connected to the smiley face killers. So there's not just one. There's literally so many cases to comb through that I I mean, it would take an entire podcast show of itself to come through all of those databases and look at all of those cases specifically. But I think that, you know, some might be missing for 50 days or some it might be the exact night that they go missing from from the bar so it kind of is differing in that sense yeah you also called it ritualistic and i feel like that would almost make what's going on here a cult over a gang like i'm getting more cult vibes because they have to be in unity they have to be secret just like many cults are today Mm -hmm. 
they have to express the same emotions towards other people. And with a gang, you're not necessarily getting that mental aspect and mental control over like the other people within like your group as you would in these like cult like settings right and this entire time we've been talking about this i've called this the smiley face killer theory and that's comes from something very specific um there are literal smiley faces found in the form of graffiti near the location of where the killers are believed to have dumped the bodies of the victims. So that is where this this kind of comes from. There are as many as 22 smiley face iterations that have been identified by investigators to be basically associated with this situation. I don't want to call it a case because <laughs> there's so many cases involved, um, but with this theory as well as the occasional discovery of the word Cincinnati. There was a victim known to have last been seen on Cincinnati Avenue, and now it's believed that this is an additional way to taunt the police. So people have basically found it convenient that all of these young men that go missing are deemed accidental drownings in local city waterways, their bodies are believed to have been dumped or found near graffiti smiley faces. I feel like, to play devil's advocate, smiley mm-hmm. faces are the easiest thing to graffiti. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am, they are. <laughs> and for this whole gang to taunt the police with Sensanawa Avenue, it's, they have 681 potential does so i feel like that's just really weird for them just to pick one person like one victim that was last seen on cincinnati avenue and now tie it back to the whole murder spree well just just hold on to that because it's also important to note that sometimes in these cases there's no graffiti there's no cincinnati word and it's People who support this theory say, oh, they've just abandoned using using the actual smiley face, but everything else about the deaths are the same, the same MO, the same profile that they're targeting. Um, but that alone is not the only thing that make people wonder and question whether or not this theory is true because there's a lot of holes and I think it's important to understand that there could be some serious implications to overlooking the facts behind why this may be happening. According to the Center for Homicide Research, there are several factors which debunk this theory. And like I said, the FBI themselves agreed with this debunking in 2008. The following is all sourced from the Center for Homicide Research and counts as damning evidence against this theory. We hope to provide this for you and allow you to form your own opinions on whether you think that there is a serial killer on the loose. So I'm about to go through about 17 points that the Center for Homicide Research puts out. Some of them we've already talked about organically, and I'm really glad that you brought them up because in my head I was like, yes, the Center for Homicide Research said the same thing. That's so funny. Um, Yeah. The very first one being that smiley face graffiti um, 
has to be proven to have been painted at or immediately after the time of killing. And it's almost impossible to do. There are photographs of graffiti at some of these crime scenes that showed faded, worn out paint that looks like it had been applied like years earlier. And in other cases, the graffiti was found months afterwards. And there's no proof in any case of when any of them had been painted. And so when determining the age of paint, it's pretty much, it's possible, but it is not super precise. So in many instances, no smiley faces were found at all. Some were months before, years before, some were drawn afterwards. So it's kind of just this big coincidence that a lot of people are trying to pin on these coincidental drownings. In keeping with the smiley face theme, smiley faces were also a big issue because they were first invented in 1964 and have since spread everywhere. And Cecilia even noted that smiley faces are like the most common graffiti. They're literally a universal symbol for happiness. So they exist everywhere and is the most common piece of graffiti that somebody will slap onto the side of a building, you know, onto the back of a truck. It's just super common, which makes it really hard to say, oh, that's the mark of a serial killer or a group of serial killers, a cult, a gang, whatever you might call it. In addition, there is no common paint stroke, meaning none of these smiley faces look the same. Like you would think if there is truly a really well-organized group of people out there killing all these younger um, men who are popular, athletic, they um, have cells all over huge national you know, cities, that they would be like, okay, here's some standards for the graffiti you're leaving. I feel like that's such a good point that I like yeah. to bring up. And I almost like didn't like didn't even think about it. But yeah, you would hundred percent be like, if this is our signature, right. here's how you do it. Right. You would want there to be like almost a sort of branding yeah. to it. Like this is our brand. It makes it really difficult to connect. Um, one incident to the next when their branding is completely off. Back to the word Cincinnati, it's commonly found throughout the Midwest and therefore because it just random occurs in graffiti all around, there's no way to pin it from the coincidental street that one case, one victim was associated with to the graffiti near the body. So... That's another thing. Like you said, it was only found in one case and you thought that it was interesting that, you know, it was associated then with the rest of the theory. But again, it's really commonly found throughout the Midwest. It actually translates into rattlesnake or home of the young eagle. So it's pretty symbolic um, and is used in graffiti regularly. In addition, there has been no criteria that has been established um, to say what the distance of the smiley face graffiti needs to be to be from the body or where the body was dumped. So in some cases, it might be 12 miles. And in another case, it's, you know, at a 
bridge three miles up from where he the body was found in the river. In addition, there is no evidence of victim trauma, and the vast majority of those recovered um, remains were not a recipient of trauma at all. Like I said before, the theory believes that people who were taken by um, said serial killer or group um, believes that maybe they were tortured before they were killed, and torture tends to leave signs of trauma, but because none of these cases or autopsies show that there are signs of that, that's just another damning piece of evidence against this theory. In addition, homicidal drownings are extremely rare, and it just does not happen a lot. I feel like this plays into the stigma of men don't have mental, like... We'll get there. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it definitely plays into that. Yeah, it's just, like, people trying to believe that, like, there truly is something going on. Right. Um, the next point that this research points to is the idea that water washes away all evidence. That's completely a myth. <laughs> um, there, that is a large supporting factor as to why these bodies have been dumped in the water to begin with. Um, the theory supports that, you know, they were tortured mentally or physically, and then they were taken, um, to the water. And part of that is to wash away evidence, but, Water doesn't wash away all evidence like that. In addition, these drownings don't fit a serial killer motive. Um, being a, the occurrence of a serial homicide um, is based on psychological motivations, and these deaths do not show any real related indicators that one would expect to find in other serial killer cases. These were not thrill killings, you know, they don't, you know, require bondage, strangulation, there's not a sign of sexual activity, um, physical torture to the victim, like I said, there, there's no sign on the autopsy that they were tortured, so there's no physical evidence that's supporting these claims by this group that pushed this theory forward. But now I am worried about the potential for an actual serial killer to come of this like due to copycat killers mm-hmm. yeah and people be like oh it's me like i am the smiley face killer yeah kind of like um with black dahlia where it gained a lot of media attention yeah. and people were trying to come forward and yeah. say they were the killer and it does happen like really famous serial killers will can and like sometimes do have copycats behind them because they want that media attention right and to kind of lead into attention there was actually a confession made by an inmate saying that they had killed one of the victims and basically trying to own up to this smiley face killing um however a claim by an inmate cannot be credible by itself to prove an entire theory like this many people that are incarcerated make up voluntary false confessions in order to kind of gain social status within the prisons um so 
you know, we really just can't trust this to prove the entire theory in itself. Also, one murder doesn't justify 681. Yeah, the apparent 681 that are connected. In addition, all of the drownings appeared to have occurred at night and after dark in an area near colleges or bars. So this is an environment that can produce some accidental drownings. People that get way too drunk, that are risky, um, you know, we went to a school that had like a big lake on campus. I can't tell you how many videos I saw of people jumping in the lake drunk. Like that's just kind of a thing of younger aged, you know, people, males in college. Um, So it's definitely an environment that can produce some accidents around water. There's also a belief that only males are drowning and that doesn't necessarily support the serial killer theory um males are like more likely than females to die or be hospitalized from drowning um and alcohol and risky behavior has been shown um to be a huge factor in a lot of drowning cases and males are more likely to engage in that kind of behavior so just to say that it's a serial killer because more males are dying of accidental drowning than females doesn't mean it's a serial killer. They may be, you know, what is it called? Correlated, but not. How long have I been out of school? <laughs> correlation. No. A correlation co- is not causation. Yes. The yeah. correlation is not a causation. <laughs> so that's what they're getting at at that point there. Um, in addition, foot patrols and police have stopped over 50 intoxicated persons in Wisconsin um, from 2006 from 2010. And that's just pointing to the fact that college-age drinkers are typically less experienced and more likely to get super drunk and head over to the river late at night in Wisconsin, which is where some of these cases took place. The process by which intoxicated men accidentally fall into the river is already is already well-known and well-documented, and this includes dares, suicide attempts, and most commonly, accidents. So like I've been saying, it's just really, it's, I mean, I just don't also, believe that you can point an accident or a drunk man to a serial killer, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. I also want to point out that, like, hazing could also play into this. Oh, yeah. Based on the age range and... Even just friends. Yeah. Even just dumb boys, like, boys just being silly and <laughs> daring each other to do stuff. Yeah, and whenever you drink alcohol, you get really hot. So sometimes, like, people not really understanding how drunk they are could accidentally go into the river to cool off. Oh, yeah. There's so many. There's so many situations that it could be other than somebody drugging you at a bar, taking you, and then putting you in the river. You know, that's why... Once I read over this research, I was like, ooh. Not saying that the like some of these people were not drugged and accidentally wandered their way into the river. Um, but like at bars, you there is a very high chance, like not a high chance, but there is a chance that you can get drugged. Right. But is it the work of a cult serial killer ring? I don't know. Yeah. And I'm I also do think that there could be a, a handful of these deaths that were murders. 
Possibly. It is the possibility. The only thing that's missing is the physical evidence from the autopsy proving any sign of other trauma. Yeah, but a whole ring of killers? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The research also pointed out to three other points. Um, One being that many of these drowning cases are likely to be involved in aspects of auto assassination, which is not suicide exactly, but it's a style of living with just basically not caring about your own life. So getting super drunk, doing reckless things, um, responsible drinking is not blacking out people. So um, that is something to keep in mind. While some of these drowning victims do have evidence of GHB in their bloodstream, there's no evidence to support that the drugging was malicious. Instead, this is simply just an untested and untestable superstition because even when you're drinking your body naturally produces ghb so there could be traces of ghb in your bloodstream that is not malicious that's so crazy i did not know that yeah and finally the drowning of college students is not limited by region but by climate so for example this happens all the time in the united kingdom or in canada and states But in states such as Arizona and Nevada, for example, they're going to lack cases due to their absence absence of water. So the deaths in other countries are never pointed at to being malicious and part of a serial killer ring. They're just pointed at as accidental behavior by inexperienced and inintoxicated youth, according to this research. So... Overall, I think there are a lot of factors that seem to prove this to be wrong. I do want you to make your own opinions about it, but in addition to things such as bias and groupthink, the FBI stated in 2008, the vast majority of these instances appear to be alcohol-related drownings. The FBI will continue to work with local police in the infected areas to provide support as requested. So our Federal Bureau of Investigation is pointing this to irresponsible alcohol consumption in a lot of cases, um, or unfortunately cases of suicide as well. I think that is what makes this theory so hard to kind of wrap my brain around because it seems impossible to only be a coincidence. It's just... How is it that so many, you know, young men are dying of accidental drowning? Or is it simply the way that the information is being presented to us that makes us think that there is a connection with this death? Are we searching for an answer that is deeper than simple overall alcohol consumption or possible suicides and accidents? Sure, there are other theories that have floated around the internet, such as cults and gang involvement which we have talked about in this episode and that is especially within reddit which i encourage you to dive into if you are looking for a deeper understanding on what a lot of these standout cases are here or if you're just curious to know what supporters of this theory continue to point to to kind of you know justify their thinking um Just so you know, as of recording this episode, there was a post on the subreddit about five hours ago, so it is still very alive and active. Um, I would keep your eye, 
if you're listening now in May of 2023 on recent news as Chicago and Austin are both talking about the smiley face killer theory and I encourage you to let us know what you think about the theory and if you think that it's debunked or what you believe. Tune in next week as we discuss Dave and Louise Turbin. They had 12 kids that they held hostage their entire childhood, even abusing them and malnourishing them. In 2018, you may have seen this couple on the news as their children finally were able to escape, but we will go into depth on what happened at that home and the timeline leading up to the kids finally being free. You can listen wherever you get your favorite podcast. Thank you.